Hey world, Zachary Dash here, and welcome to episode four of the Around the Block video and podcast series. So today we have a really cool guest. His name is Jordan Lyall. I started following Jordan about two years ago on Twitter. Super interesting guy to follow, and the reason for that is he has a really interesting backstory. So Jordan opens up in here about a company that he created before crypto called Virtual Santa that actually went on to get acquired by another company called JibJab, which is pretty big. Um, he talks about the differences between running a company in crypto versus the more traditional sector. And so obviously he has experience in both. Um, he had a project back in 2020 that went viral. Um, I'll kind of tease it at that if you want to listen to the interview and see what project and what token he created. But really, really cool. He talks about the fallout of future government re regulations. Really interesting part. And just his passions inside and outside of crypto. So really open and transparent conversation. Jordan is an awesome guy. Thank you again, Jordan, so much for your time and interview here with Leah Thompson. With all that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and I'll see you guys on the other side. Bye. Around the Block is presented by Block Zero Labs, a startup studio made for the decentralized world. From logo to launch, we build experimental projects with our community of over 5,000 citizens. If you'd like to help us create, launch, and own the next generation of decentralized startups, go to blockzerolabs.io, become a citizen, and check out some of the cool things we're building. And welcome back to Around the Block. I am so excited. We've got a great guest here today. We're going to dive into all sorts of really fun and interesting things. We've got Jordan Lyle here from Consensus. So thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the show. Hey, Leah. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So you have a pretty crazy background, which I'm excited to dive into. And so can we just kind of start off by talking about Virtual Santa and, oh. um, you know, how that got started and what that was all about? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is way back, at least in, in, in recent times. This was 2013. Uh, a, a few buddies in my, and me, we decided to just go all in on this like Virtual Santa idea. So we built an app. We hired a bunch of Santas around the world and we shipped them all beards if they didn't have one and a backdrop <laughs> and, and we pulled it off. We did, we did virtual Santa. It was called Hello Santa. This was early days, right? 2013 is early in terms of like, you know, the, the, the remote, you know, video chat kind of, kind of deal. Um, and it was a lot of fun. You know, we, we, we were, we made like Christmas traditions for thousands and thousands of families. We did it again in 2014. We just had a, a had a blast doing it. We were on the Today Show. It was great. It was re really needed this year. We were way ahead of our time. Mm -hmm. we had oh, a right. I know this year we could all use a little a little extra holiday spirit. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave my house. Yeah. Now, Virtual Santa was acquired by JibJab, right? Yeah, yeah, it was back in 2014. They acquired us, and JibJab is kind of a pioneer in like the digital media space, and that was a really fun company to go work for and they were, we were their first and only acquisition and um, you know they have a big Christmas and big family business as well so it was like the perfect perfect coming together of two brands and uh, I was at I was at Jib Jab for four years total and um, it was just just a fun place to work. 
Well, I'm excited to kind of talk about that transition into the world of crypto. So how did you first hear about crypto and what was kind of that journey that led you here? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like a super curious guy uh, when it comes to tech and new tech and I'm always trying to figure out what's next. Uh, so I think it was on Hacker News or Reddit somewhere where I first heard about Bitcoin and it takes a few times to like right. to see, see the name, to read something, even the headline nowadays. It's like it, you need to be hit over the head a couple of times for you to really like get into it. And then, um, and yeah, it was actually when, when we were waiting for the deal to close, Hello Sam to, to jib jab, where it was like, I had some time on my hands as we're waiting for the, the legal stuff. So I really just dove in and, and it's cliche, but, but fell down the rabbit hole. Right. And just really, really discovered what Bitcoin was, what the blockchain was all about and was really passionate and we started building products um, early on, you know, as a product person, there wasn't a lot you could do with Bitcoin back in the day, um, <laughs> even, even now really, but uh, just trying to build some like utility products and other things and apps and things like that. But once, once Ethereum came out, it was like, wow, we could really build so many different things with these smart contracts. We could actually build products financial products, games, things on top of, uh, of this ecosystem and really do some, some cool stuff. So that's kind of the, the transition as like a passionate product person, mm-hmm. um, just kind of, kind of following the trends, following the community, building side projects and things like that. And then uh, after four years at JibJab, this coincided with 2017, which was a crazy, right. crazy <laughs> run. Um, it was like, man, I got to make this full time. I got to go all in. I'm so passionate. It's been a hobby. It's like, I'm going to be up nights and weekends anyways, building products on Ethereum. I better at least get paid for it. Right. So I just decided <laughs> to make the jump and went, went full time on, on Ethereum back in uh, early 2018. So speaking of building things, um, I want to hear a little bit more about the whole meme story. It really seems like it's taken on a life of its own. I noticed that the uh, your Twitter buyer says chief meme officer, which I think might sound like the coolest job ever. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about the story of meme and, and kind of how, how that's gone and where that's going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, do you have a couple hours? Because it's... <laughs> Right. Crazy. Um, I'll tell the short, the shorter version. Uh, so yeah, as, as we were discussing, right, like I went full-time Ethereum. I spent a, I spent a, a year and a half at um, a company called Total. And then when DeFi became a thing, um, I moved over to Consensus and I've been at Consensus for like a year and a half mm-hmm. as well. Building in DeFi. So, you know, I've got my ear to the ground in terms of like new DeFi apps since DeFi has been a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the projects that I've been working on at, at Consensus is called the DeFi Score. Mm-hmm. So I, I lead a team that that um, released that. And it's really this open source um, analysis of DeFi protocols in terms of risk. So it's like, as a user, how do we know that we can put our money in this smart contract, but not that smart contract, this platform, but not that one. We can't expect new users to like, read the smart contract itself how do, how do they how do they determine it but so we wanted this this objective way to uh provide a score a series of data points and and you know have those have that bubble up to one one metric for each of these pools um so it's this open source project it's still it's still around um we built an api off of that we built we released some open source code we built several products 
around that, trying to get the, the user to kind of get a sense of like what kind of risk they're getting into. I bring that up because, you know, my day job was all about risk and helping users find safety and security in DeFi. Right. And um, one day, way back in August, it's like a, like a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> if you remember back in August and even following the DeFi landscape, there's, um, uh, you know, the YAM project launched yep. and they were one of the, the, the first like food coin, right? And mm -hmm. then there was this kind of this, this wave, there was a uh, curve launched and a lot of these things, um, and you know, the, the test and prod with, uh, with Wi-Fi and Andre. So it in a sense, it was this weird balance of like, man, these devs are just like YOLOing it, right? They're just releasing smart contracts, <laughs> millions of dollars pour into these contracts within minutes, right? Without even, with no audit, with, without, like, people are just throwing money into this thing. And here I am, like, trying to, trying to provide all this, this, this framework for risk analysis. But by night, right, I, I'm, I'm jumping into these pools. I'm yield farming <laughs> and things like that. I'm, I'm a DGen by night as well. So, so I made a comment on Twitter and, and comment in form of like, I made this fake mock-up. Mm. this uh, fake product. I, I, I designed this, this screen, this fake product called the degenerator. <laughs> and it was kind of poking fun at those of us in the community that were, mm. that were just doing crazy development practices. Um, mm. like, it's like, come on guys, if we want to see this thing grow, uh, we have to take some, some steps. So it was, it was satirical. It was just in fun, kind of poking fun at myself as well. Um, but I, it went on, it went viral. Like the Ethereum people loved it because they thought we were, uh, you know, because it's all just just poking fun at ourselves. The Bitcoin people loved it because they thought we were. I was making fun of Bitcoin. So it was like a quarter million impressions in just like a few hours. It was wow. like insane. Um, so I figured, well, we got to do something with this, right? I got to do something with with this momentum. So I opened up a Telegram chat. And kind of the rest like happened, the rest is history. The rest kind of <laughs> happened. Uh, just the community kind of took it and ran with it. Mm -hmm. um, so somebody, you know, said, hey, what's this all about? I said, I don't know. I just thought I'd open up a Telegram group. And then someone said, well, the generator's kind of weird. Like you have to be, you have to get the joke. Let's just widen the, the spectrum here and let's call ourselves meme. And then we need a token. We need the meme token. So someone went and, created a token, airdropped it to a bunch of people. So like the origins of this meme project really started from this crazy moment, a couple hours on a Friday night, you know, middle of the night, I'm freaking out what's going on here. Um, so it was like the joke was first, the meme was first, then the community, then the token. And then after the token was launched and people were like FOMOing into this and uh, <laughs> Like, I didn't want this to go in pump and dump route because it could have easily right. gone in that territory. I was like, no, let's build something, right? If we want to be the meme coin for DeFi, we actually have to be composable ourselves. We should do something. Um, so a couple couple devs and I, we just started building something cool. And it was all just a joke. It was like, well, what's, 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 like, uh, what's a meme right now? Well, <laughs> yield farming is big. This is actually pre-sushi and pre- Wow. Um, pasta and all these other things. This was, <laughs> was, was mid-August. And um, so we just took the concept of yield farming and NFTs and we jammed them together. 
and we ended up pioneering kind of this um, this mini <laughs> uh, run of like this kind of this combination of, of DeFi and NFTs, which saw a bunch of copycats, which saw a bunch of other projects trying trying to do something similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it was kind of funny how it happened. It was like, sure, let's let's just go build something. And we built just in 10 days, we had something on mainnet on Ethereum that allows the user to stake their meme tokens, earn pineapple points, and then spend those pineapple points on brand new NFTs. So that's the very long-winded answer. I told you I'd give you a short answer, but it's just, I'm, it's just so crazy that uh, there you go. And then so that was, you know, that was back in August. And then we've just kind of been iterating. It's, it's more of a community project. We've kind of just been, we've been able to work with some top artists and really talented people and some great projects. And, you know, it all comes back down to the fun, back down to the meme. And we're, we're having fun with it for sure. I think that's such a great story because when we say we're in the wild west of finance, like truly that story (laughs) illustrates it. Like you, you made a token called meme and it was like, that to me is just amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It stems from like this tweet I made that was like poking fun at it all. And here I go make something that was probably the the craziest, stupidest thing ever. (laughs) One thing I'm kind of curious about, if you don't mind me asking is, um, is, kind of like government regulation, something you're worried about. That's something I think about with all these different DeFi coins popping up is like what, you know, whenever the SEC, whatever, like catches up with this, what's the fallout of all these different coins going to be? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, fortunately, we have bulletproof compliance and that's mm, good. Yeah. We tell people not to buy meme. So our, our <laughs> website is don'tbuymeme.com. We tell people don't do it. Um, so it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. there's prop, there's definitely something to be said there. Uh, I consult your <laughs> attorney. Um, you know, it's more of a community project and we're, you know, it's not backed by an entity. It's just right. some people having fun. Um, I guess we'll see uh, <laughs> what happens. Right. So I kind of want to uh, pivot and go back and talk a little bit more about DeFi score because yeah. that is something I- I'm so ex- excited to see kind of coming to life here in the DeFi space. You know, like, like you said, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of opportunity, but then there's also a lot of scams. There's been a lot of rug pulls. There's been a lot of hacks. So even well-meaning projects are getting attacked and, and losing user funds and things like that. Can you kind of walk us through what exactly DeFi score is is kind of looking at, but then also um, maybe how it's different than other checks and balances and audits and things that people are trying to build. Because one thing I think that's very cool and unique is that the fact it's from consensus gives it a little bit more like weight in the industry, I would say. Um, so yeah, anyway, I'd love if you'd dive more into that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, we, when I joined consensus, we started building a, a DeFi product. We started building a product and the idea was it's it's a dashboard, it's an interface for you to connect your wallet and see all the different opportunities that are available to you. Something similar to like what a Zapper or Zarion or uh, right. some of these other projects are now. Um, but it was the early days. And, you know, one of the things that, that occurred to us uh, in early like product testing, when someone's looking at their DeFi options, kind of what I, what, I, what I phrased earlier. It's like, how do I know which lending pool, which DeFi lending protocol to put my ETH in? 
mm -hmm. right? Like, how do I know? Uh, and we wanted just, just thinking in terms of like new users approaching the space, did a lot of like user interviews and things like that. And they liked the product, but it was like, how do I know which one to use? <laughs> do I just go after the highest APR? Do I look at the, the prettiest logo? Like, how do I know what to, <laughs> what to do? So we, we kind of created this score and it was only, it was faked in the early days. You know, we wanted to just put it out there and um, just as a test, put it out there. And people started resonating like, yeah, this doesn't exist. This is something that should exist in this, in this industry. Uh, so we decided to just double down on the score itself. Okay, how do we create um, something that's objective, something that's not like the, the problems with all these ratings agency. And in fact, right, it's, it's the ratings and the AAA ratings that got us into this whole mess in a sense, right? With the 2008 financial crisis is because of these, these ratings that uh, they shouldn't have been AAA rated. Mm -hmm. um, so this is like, it's imperative that we get this right. Should it right. come from consensus? Well, in the early days, like it was, well, to your point, it's like, yeah, it's backed by consensus. It's great. But we didn't really want it to be seen as, oh, that's a consensus thing. So we, in the early days, we opened it up. We open sourced the code. We put the white paper out there before we did anything. So it was very community driven right. since the beginning. Um, and we've worked with several other projects and developers and people in the space to kind of push it forward. But yeah, that's the idea that it, it takes something that might be hard to quantify, which is like risk. And it says, okay, we'll give, we'll give this, this protocol one point because it's been audited in the last several months by a top tier uh, auditing company. And we'll give it another point because it's, it's, it's got a bug bounty and we'll give it another point because it's got X, Y, and Z. So we, we published it, we published the, um, you know, the, the score sheet, published the rules, and then um, we just kind of let it all happen. And some of the data is on chain. So the, the, the scores kind of change over time with each block. Others are a little bit more manual where it's like we get, someone has to verify that, yes, it's been audited. Um, so yeah, it's just really the first attempt at trying to figure out how do we create something that um, is like a decentralized ratings agency on the blockchain. Yeah, no, that's, it, it's honestly so exciting to hear because I, it just like breaks my heart whenever I see someone be like, ah, I lost all this money. And so any checks and balances, if we can try to put into this process, especially in a decentralized way, I think is is really cool. And obviously we'll link to this below, but if people want to check out DeFi score, where, where should they go to check that out? That's DeFiScore.io. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> so one thing I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, it, because you've run a company and really worked um, in both the kind of more traditional sector and then here in the blockchain space, like what are your thoughts on the difference between running a company in the blockchain industry versus in a more traditional uh, sector? Yeah, all I know is tech. So, um, mm -hmm. You know, just tech in general is pretty pretty fast paced, um, and startups in uh, in tech are, are pretty extremely fast paced. But doesn't hold the candle to to building a product or a company in DeFi in this crazy in this crazy <laughs> world. I mean, it's been said it's been said and said over again. But it's like, you know, a a day in crypto is like a week in tradi the traditional world, and like it's just logarithmically. It's just crazy. Uh, things are moving mm -hmm. so fast. It's cliche, but for a reason, because it's like 
you have to spend hours following Twitter and Telegram and all these projects because a new project is launching all the time. You have to follow all these podcasts. <laughs> if like a product person or, you know, a CEO of a startup in crypto, they have to be subject matter experts, right? So they have to know yeah. everything that's out there, existing competitors, like you have to be on top of it. Um, it's fast paced, but it's so much fun. It's not for everybody, but it's, uh, it's certainly keeping my, my enthusiasm and engagement. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's, 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 it's harder and harder to find um, the best talent, mm -hmm. obviously, is something that's like a little bit more narrow and there's not as many smart contract developers. Uh, but when you, find, when you find the right people, you just got to hold on to them. And so it's almost like, I mean, it's everything put under a microscope, everything on steroids, where it's like, treat your employees well, because some of these, these top guys are hard to come by. Um, if you happen to run into somebody that's like a designer, but they're also a crypto holder and they get it, mm -hmm. uh, they're worth their weight in gold. Like, it's... It's fun, but even more stressful than, uh, than the regular business world. No, I'm so glad you touched on that because it's true. Finding people that are really good at what they do and also understand blockchain and cryptocurrency is a, is a rare gem indeed. And so you just mentioned, you know, treating your employees well. Like, what are your tips if someone's watching this that is, you know, in a leadership position within a crypto company? Like, what kind of tips would you have for them in order to help retain that good talent? Yeah. That's, that's a really good question. I mean, that's always, that's always uh, hard. And especially mm -hmm. because some of these um, developers and, and resources in, in crypto, they're in high demand and they're probably being poached or if there's someone's trying to poach them right now, as we speak, <laughs> someone's reaching out, sending them one of those stupid LinkedIn messages. Um, it's hard. And, and I think it's just transparency. I mean, it probably, it's probably just like management in general, but mm -hmm be as transparent as, as possible and open with like opportunities that are coming. And um, I like to be very, very open and treat them as like part of the team. I like to hire entrepreneurs, right. hire developers that are also dabble on the product side. Uh, I don't want like order takers where it's like, Hey, let's go build this. And they build exactly what I asked. Not necessarily. Right. Because I want to work with them because they may know the space better than me. They, they're, they're likely participating in all these platforms. Um, so it's more of a collaboration. So I would just recommend um, treating it more like a partnership than, than like a em employment agreement. Uh, being upfront and honest and grab hold of them tightly and, and treat, tr treat them like it's Bitcoin or Ether and, and keep, keep hodling. <laughs> So a moment ago, you mentioned, um, you know, that there's always new projects and things popping up, you know, on crypto Twitter, it's hard just to kind of keep up with everything. Are there any new or interesting projects that you think are kind of under the radar that you are getting excited about that are catching your attention right now? Projects that are, you know, I'm at the cross section of DeFi and NFTs, which is like mm -hmm. even crazier. Um, <laughs> I, I keep... I keep finding a new rabbit hole to just, to just jump into, but there are so many cool NFT projects coming around and um, I, I'm really excited for Terra Virtua. 
Um, there are a number of these like virtual worlds or platforms or, um, you know, Decentraland, all these projects are amazing and they try to do something a little bit different. CryptoVoxels, Sandbox, like they all try to do something different. Um, I'm really excited about what Terra Virtua is doing. They've partnered with a lot of really cool uh, entertainment studios and, and they have access to some really cool IP, um, like movie studios and things like that. I just got the Oculus, the yep. so I'm super like excited about VR. Mm -hmm. um, so like anything, anybody that's like trying to mix NFTs with VR is like I've, I've got an interest in. A lot of cool projects that like that that are trying to like mix DeFi, you know, back to back to that kind of cross section, DeFi and NFTs. Um, you know, over the last month with Meme kind of leading the charge, it was well, what can we, what DeFi mechanics can we bring to the NFT world to like make distribution maybe a little bit more fair or make sure that the artist gets compensated fairly. Um, and there's still a lot of experiments to be done and Meme will be playing a big role there. Um, but I'm also excited kind of the inverse of that. And that's like what NFTs and what this tech um, of a non-fungible token uh, and we have now like digital content that's trackable and easily tradable and soon will be, you know, you can use this to lock up loans or, you know, provide collateral for loans. There's like so many things that we can do with this NFT concept over on the DeFi side. So I think kind of the tech will flow black flow back into DeFi. And um, there's a lot of cool things that are going to be built. One that came to my mind is DMM, DeFi money market. They're doing some really cool things like on the DeFi side. And it's almost like franchise rights are being represented in an NFT. So doing, there's a bunch of cool projects and I'm really excited about what's going to happen. Um, if you followed the people stuff on the nifty gateway sale over the weekend, I think that just lit a fire under a lot of people, artists and product builders and mm -hmm. investors and everybody. There's like so many cool things that are going to be built in the art space. Uh, it's such a cool time to be in this space. And what's I think really cool too is just that community, like the NFT community is strong and it's a, it's a really like friendly and welcoming community, I feel like too. Um, it, it's cool to see this intersection of creativity and, and tech coming together in such a powerful way. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, I, you know, I was involved in the early days with um, CryptoKitties, right? And then right. I've kind of been following along. Uh, with certain projects as they launch, but most of the time my head's been deep into to crypto and DeFi, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of knew, okay, NFTs are cute and they're collectibles <laughs> and art, and they're doing some cool things over here. But it really wasn't until meme where I like fully jumped in, and now I'm like waist deep in this <laughs> NFT community. And you're right, it's it's so cool. So many passionate people that you know they're in it for the art and they're in it for the tech because this allows us to do some really cool things with the art. And they're not necessarily interested in the money. I mean, yeah, people buy these things because they, and, and a lot of people hope that they increase in value, but there's, it's just so refreshing coming from like this trader's world and um, this, the, the DeFi yield farming degen guy. And now you're talking <laughs> to someone that, you know, I'm a passionate artist and now I've found a way to earn, to earn income for my family or whatever. So it, it's such a cool space to be in. 
So one thing I'm always curious to to hear from people, because obviously we here in the crypto world, we mostly just talk about things that are kind of crypto related. But what are some like passions or hobbies or things that you have that are totally outside of the world of crypto? Yeah, I mentioned VR. I just so. got the family, um, the Oculus Quest 2. And uh, it's it's fun watching my kids play it. They're They're just like naturally gifted. Uh, the hand-eye coordination, so it's really fun. But I, I mean, we're we're having a lot of fun. We just got that. That's that's a ton of fun. Um, what else am I into? I mean, it's it's COVID twenty twenty, um, <laughs> so it's been difficult to like uh, do all the things and go to go to sporting events and baseball games. And right. my, my Dodgers won the World Series, so that was a lot of fun. Um, oh, wow. I have two kids, and they keep me busy: video games, <laughs> games, movies. <laughs> Um, I'm really into like stoic philosophy. So I've been reading a lot about, uh, you know, on, on stoicism and, um, uh, Ryan Holiday's books is, is, is an author who I've been recently getting, getting deep into, um, well, love having the latest gadgets and the latest iPhone and, uh, <laughs> right. just out on tech and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I recently upgraded the iPhone as well. So I, I feel you on that. It was a nice jump from my last model. <laughs> I was like, wow, this camera looks good. <laughs> so. that's, awesome. that's always the best thing. You don't really know how bad it, your old one is until you upgrade, right? <laughs> For sure. So one thing I just, I kind of want to close on is, um, what advice would you have for someone that is interested in building something here in the crypto space? You obviously have a lot of experience with building your own projects and working and building things with consensus. And so what kind of advice would you have for someone that is interested in building here? Yeah, that's really, that's really a great question because, um, I mean, imagine someone it's, they may not have the dev skills to be able to just go build something right away. Mm-hmm. If you're more, if you're a developer and you're inclined to go do that, just like jump in and figure it out and go do stuff. But for the person that's not necessarily an engineer, uh, there's still a lot of value uh, that you can provide in this space. Um, number one, it's just stay on top of it. And it, and it's really hard sometimes, but, but try to stay on top of this, um, this industry that keeps changing um, like explore and experiment as much as possible. Just, just chalk up like, I don't know, half an ETH every month to like, this is the amount of learning that I'm going to get. This is education mm. and, you know, connect wallet to every protocol that's out there within reason. Right. Uh, mm. and don't be afraid to spend gas on this brand new thing. And if you have, if you have an interest or you think this project over here sounds really interesting, like again, chalk it up to education, throw, throw 0.1 ETH into it just to see how it works. Um, just try everything, collect, collect all the things, um, play all the, the, the games and, and just really get involved. Join, join a, join a telegram group or a uh, discord group and volunteer to be a mod. Um, like there's so many different cool things to get involved with before you start building. And then into the building side, I, w- I would say um, it's, it's a lot about who you know uh, still here, uh, maybe less so versus like traditional stuff because it's a little bit more democratized, but just, just and it's harder to do maybe in a pandemic, but like go meet people and, and reach out to people, provide value, feedback on their product or arts or, um, you know, start using a product, to provide feedback. 
get to know people in this space, uh, be engaging on Twitter, um, and then just start building. Even if you don't have the tools yet, like start sketching something out. The easiest way to convince a dev to work with you is if you had, if you had everything else buttoned up. Um, start sketching, even if you're not an amazing artist like Figma or some of these other tools make it really easy to kind of put things in the right order to show how it works. Um, get really good at communicating with developers. Um, yeah, so many, so many things to like, <laughs> if I was starting over again in this spot right now, um, I, I, would, I, would, I would use all that. Oh, I think that is just a, a beautiful way to, to end the interview. And I think it really illustrates like why you've been so, so successful in the different ventures that you've taken is just the ability to jump in and just start and just do things and get your hands dirty. And there's really like, there's no way to overemphasize how powerful that can be. So thank you for sharing those thoughts. And, and throughout this whole interview, it's just great to hear your story and get to see more of how you've built what you have and um, the advice that you've given to people that are coming into the space. So Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on the Around the Block interview series. We really appreciate you joining us. Great. That was a lot of fun. Thanks again. <laughs>